So, yeah. I, I cannot don't... believe this is happening. What? What we were just talking about? Yeah. This last week. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's... Are we are we live? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're live. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Oh, here we are. There's people watching. You better watch. What you, I know what you're going to say there, so you better not say it because uh, people are watching. So, um, Welcome, everyone. Just tone that down, yeah. Uh, what's going on? It's been, well, a week since we discussed what we thought were crazy measures in their impact and scale last week. Mm-hmm. And they just keep coming, it seems, mm-hmm. beginning of this week. Um, in France, especially, but not only. There have been new announcements that just... <laughs> if other things we thought crossed the Rubicon of, you know, there's no going back from this, this last week is like we're waiting in deep water. Well, that's a good question. Uh, it's a good question whether or not there's any going back from this because, of course, there's way back at the beginning, everybody should remember that we were told very early on, actually, in the whole pandemic business that there was no, there's not going to be a return to normal. Right? right. You remember that. I'm sure everybody remembers that. Sure. And it shocked a lot of people at the time. It's like, well, 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 what, do you, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? It's only like a little pandemic thing. It's like two weeks to flatten the curve and stuff. Right then, it'll be normal. Right from the get-go, everybody was saying, no, this is going to change everything. Everything is going to be different. And it's kind of weird that, you know, well, I suppose it's it, it, in keeping with that, that they've continued on to do uh, what they've done, basically, and, and stretch this thing out beyond beyond all reason, which we'll get into, because uh, there's not a lot of reason involved in a lot of the stuff that's happening. I mean, what you're talking about, though, is in France and in other countries, um, French government basically more or less mandating vaccines by the back door, right? Um, in the sense of making it... Partly by the back door and partly up front. Yeah, well, by, by the back door, I mean they're not actually saying you have to get the vaccine. They're saying that you can't live a normal life unless you get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. This is the idea in France that, um, I mean, it hasn't passed into law yet. It has to go through Parliament, but Macron announced, what was it, Wednesday night or something like that? Um, uh, during the week there that people who are not vaccinated would not be able to... Well, first of all, all healthcare workers, healthcare staff, I suppose, all of them have there. There's a vaccine mandate for them. Uh, but people in the the ordinary members, other members of the public, have to. Uh, they don't have to get vaccinated, but they're not. If they're not vaccinated, they will not be allowed to enter bars or pubs or restaurants, and they'll also not be able to sit outside bars or pubs or restaurants in the fresh air on a terrace or something. You're not allowed to do that either. And then that's obviously extended to cinemas, any indoor events or activities, and including uh, uh, shopping centres, like bigger shopping centres, I suppose that means. So you're not allowed, if there's a a big supermarket with a bunch of stores inside as well. It's not defined. Right, but that was the that was what was intimated, right? Yeah, and that's what had people up in arms. It was pretty pretty scary. That's I mean, the shot. Okay, the store specifically wasn't defined, but the rest, I mean, yeah. the vast majority of people in the summertime, and for quite a lot of the year in France, go and go to a bar or a pub or a restaurant, and at the very least, or, or sit outside. And if you're not vaccinated, you can't do that. I mean, most people are going to feel that as as direct coercion. It's like a mandate. It's like threatening people that if they do not get a vaccine they're not going to be ha- they're not going to be able to live a normal life yeah so by the and that's what i mean by you know 
mandated by the, by the back door. It's like, okay, you don't have to get it, but basically your life's, your life's going to be crap if you don't get it. Well, the, the speech by Macron, the televised address, was he stated explicitly the purpose of the specific measures. I want to list them because I haven't seen them properly mm-hmm. listed and discussed in English-speaking media. I have translation of what exactly he said mm-hmm. in this televised address. Mm-hmm. But in his framing it now, he said explicitly that the purpose, the main thrust of force of these measures is to make everybody not yet vaccinated. In France, that's roughly half, six out of ten, five well, or six, half, fully, let's say, yeah. not yet vaccinated. He said that the point is to put pressure on those people to get it. And here's how we're going to pressure them. That's pr- okay. So let's call that that half of his speech by the back door. The other half is very much in the front door and that door is open in which he said anyone, here's the exact uh, translation, anyone in any kind of contact with the elderly or the frail. So that's all healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, their staff, administrative staff, janitors, doesn't matter, anyone, anyone close to the medical slash social establishments, the building, the premises must be anyone in contact with either the elderly or the frail, the sick, must be vaccinated by September the 15th. Right. Inspections will commence from July 15th. On paper, they've already happened. You're saying, I I understand what you mean, and that's true. It's not actually in law yet. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole other form of lawfare that's been taking place for a long time now. It's becoming very common, mm-hmm. where administrative procedures just jump ahead and act as if. Mm. Doctors are already getting notifications from health authorities that right. their premises right. are subject to inspection right. now, right. within and, three days of that's, a statement. That's, that's kind of like um, yeah, it's law by, by fiat, by government, by, by Elise Palace or Macron, president, but, presidential yes. fiat, right? And then people start uh, people start taking it up and doing it and, and adhering to that statement or that order as if it were law. Well, then maybe it's easier afterwards to get it passed in Parliament into actual law, right? But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I see what you're saying, and that has been happening. Where even like in various governments around the world have been basically kind of um, passing out regulations. They call them regulations or advisor, uh, even even advice. You know, government advice or government regulations. They're not actually law, right? They're 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 like temporary orders by the government, executive orders, that kind of thing, but they're not actually legal or constitutional in that sense. So, right. Uh, but, yeah. It, it's ruled by administration. Right. Um, I mean, there are many examples of people have picked out in other areas. For example, with long-term UN goals, mm-hmm. where they produce large numbers of copious quantities of white papers and recommended guidelines um, and so on and so forth. They effectively, a number of them have been shown to bypass any discussion, much less formal legal process mm-hmm. at the level of parliament or even the level of executive in, right. that, in, that, in governments, therefore in countries. They pop up as procedures at municipality and yeah, state yeah. level. Yeah. They're written. They bypass too. them. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing's been happening all over the place with, yeah. with uh, COVID. Okay, so let, let me just read out a few examples. This, this is... These are direct translations of Macron's stipulations issued two days before Bastille Day here in France. From 21st of July, that's three days' time, everyone above 12 years of age must present proof of vaccine 
or recent, that is less than 48 hours ago, a negative PCR tests on their health past in France called the Pass Sanitaire. In order to attend any cultural event, public park, concerts, etc. From the 1st of August, two weeks' time, this Pass Sanitaire will be extended to cafes, restaurants, all medical or social establishments, all commercial centres. Is that just shopping malls? Is that small businesses? Mm-hmm. Does that mean any time you buy food? Centre commercial means And all center. forms of transport. Yeah, centre commercial in France means shopping centre, I think. I mean, using that term, it's a fairly well-known term for bigger shopping centres, right? Where okay. a lot of people get in, you know. You get hundreds of people milling around a shopping centre, right? A mall, basically. Um, but this is PCR test. It's still allowed. Yes, so your pass can say, well, this person has not been vaccinated, but they have had a negative PCR test result within the last 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Here's a catch. He also said, the PCR test will no longer be covered by health insurance in Mm -hmm. France. Everyone now pays the 150 to 300 euros, whichever it is, when you're buying it, each time they need one to show to get into anything. Right, so your shopping trip, uh, the cost of your shopping trip just went up uh, by... Tenfold. Uh, well, by the amount of, yeah, the cost of a PCR test. So, yeah, I mean, that again, that's like pe- people, it's forcing people to take the vaccine. It's making it basically unlikely or too difficult or untenable for someone to uh, go shopping or go to a bar or go to a restaurant and avoid getting a vaccine because otherwise they'll have to have pay for a PCR test and who's going to fork out whatever it is. I think it's not, I don't think it's 150 in France. I don't know what the prices are. Uh, well, it depends where you are, but I think uh, six, maybe 60 or 70 euros per, per PCR test in France. There's, there's obviously the financial cost, but also the annoyance cost yeah. of having to do that every you know, you time, right? Book a, play, book, book a spot in a, in a lab and go and <coughs> on the other it. On the other side of the scale, and the vaccines three days. are free freely available come on in you know and as we'll see in other examples in other countries i haven't seen this in france so much in other countries it's getting to the point where you can just go to your pharmacy and your pharmacist can do it right i mean they want it super they make it super super easy so the the scales are so weighted but they still want to say it's not mandatory are you sure that that there wasn't something there about where they what macron said that that the pcr test would no longer be available no longer be possible are not no longer acceptable. That it's only vaccinated people. Was that not part of the not um, part of the dictates? Because I, I, that was my impression that PCRs were not possible. It was only vaccines. My reading was no. The it's the health pass is we're now open to both. Right, but they could. But take, the weight now right. of going for one over the other right. is so strong. And they could easily just take the PCR option off. That could be point. the. I mean, let's look at it. That would be the next thing, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vaccinated only. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in some forms of international travel, I don't think it covers France yet. Some countries, actually, we have an example Malta. later. Only vaccinated people allowed into, allowed into the country. Uh, yeah. Right. But there's more. This is this, the tenor of the whole thing was beyond the vaccines. Curfews will be reimposed. Beginning now, they've declared one. That curfew is like, nighttime lockdown, which France had briefly along with other countries, will be reimposed beginning now in Martinique and Réunion, which are two overseas right. French territories. That's where the beta variant is. So this, very well, the beta variant. And you know, when the delta variant's here, there's going to be, the, the, he, well, he's threatening, cur- he's between the lines, he's saying curfews are back on the menu. 
Yeah. Despite may be the push for vaccines, despite the successful uptake so far right. of half the right. population taking yeah, yeah. them. And of course, this isn't just about France, right? This is other countries are following in lockstep, basically right. following the same. And, you know, the US is kind of a little bit behind the scene, behind the, 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 the gang. In that respect, it's a bigger country. Maybe it's harder to, with the different states, it's harder to impose it across the board. But the US is going in the same direction. Exactly. That, that's why it's good to see this laid out in sample. I mean... We were asking earlier, is this, <clears throat> why does France appear to be leading the charge? Well, yeah. But now well, the UK can, now the US can, now France can. Yeah. Well, there's the interesting thing about, about this statement during the week about basically segregating society and discriminating against people who are not, who are not vaccinated. It, that idea was mooted or was put forward in, in <clears throat> December. Uh, Last year, right, and I think it's it's that do we have that article open, Scotty? Political, um, it should be the first one, yeah. So there's the French government delays a bill branded as a vaccine blackmail. <clears throat> so it's basically it was the same idea that, that they put forward again, but now with kind of for reals. Uh, they did it back in December, and it was delayed because it was at the beginning of the vaccine rollout. And they said, "Well, it's not a good idea to blackmail people or force people into getting a vaccine when you just want to roll it out. Let's see if people take it up first. So they waited six months, seven months until today, <clears throat> and they have obviously, in their wisdom, decided that not enough people are taking up the vaccine, so they're bringing this uh, vaccine blackmail back in with with more force. If you scroll scroll down to the very bottom of that article, Scotty, it says if you no, yeah, if you highlight the last. Um, uh, yeah, that one. If you just highlight that last paragraph, the government, in its impact study released Monday, this is back in December, said the said the measures around vaccination were not meant to impose mandatory vaccination against COVID nineteen, but could be needed for a future pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this, that suggests, and that was an impact study, right? So uh, all the big brains got together and, 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 and thought about stuff. And they're obviously thinking about a future pandemic and they want to put laws or practices or whatever, get the population conditioned to behave and act and think in this way in preparation for, uh, as they say, a future pandemic. Right. So there's another one planned or something? <coughs> I don't know. Uh, well, it, well the, as it happens, that very same law is now... On the books, yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Well, not officially on the books. It's not legally happening, but it's been pushed. Yet it's impractically, it's, <clears throat> it's terms, it's happening. Six months later, in the same pandemic, yeah, yeah, the one that keeps on giving, the one that we, <laughs> the one that we, we just can't believe mm-hmm. they're able to squeeze this much out of. Yeah, I mean, a, a year ago we were like, surely this is no, they can't. This is this is over. There's no way. How can they stretch us on and on? Yeah. Uh, well, they're doing it, <laughs> and people are complying. So I don't know. Suck it up. Uh, that's that's what happens. Uh, just quickly, we will run down a few other places. They don't really need to show these. New Zealand government man, uh, mandatory vaccines for custom and border workers. As we mentioned just uh, a minute ago, Malta has banned all visitors who are not fully vaccinated. The Greek Prime Minister makes vaccine mandatory for healthcare workers. Um. And you, you mentioned that Italy was the first to mandate, actually the first to mandate vaccines for all healthcare yeah. workers. So, even so Greece, Greece is doing it, announced it the same day as France. So right. France wasn't just sole on that. Um, mm. Italy actually p- passed this in law in early April 
uh, all healthcare workers, that's substantially nurses and doctors, mm-hmm. back in March. I've been trying to find out how's that going in practice. Mm. I mean, was there a backlash? There, there was a bit. Um, we have an article from the local, IT. the Italian version. Um, it's, I think it's been challenged. Yeah, that one there, fourth one. Next. No, that's Malta. Sorry, the sixth one. Right, 4th of July, Italian healthcare workers take government to court over mandatory COVID vaccinations. And so a lawsuit brought yeah. by 300 doctors in northern Italy. That's going to take a while. It's going to take a while because it says in the article that's going to take, they won't rule on it until December. Right. So tough. <laughs> Too late. In the uh, meantime. Something will happen before then, yeah. I presume doctors and nurses in Italy are having to comply. Yeah. And, and, so, so and remember, that's the thing. That's the thing. If, if they're having to comply, so they have to comply. Uh, the pressure's put on locally within the hospitals, you know, and that pressure can be pushed down from from government levels and stuff. So, if Italian uh, healthcare workers are taking uh, have got together and taken a court case against the government about forcing them to take a vaccine, and it won't even be ruled on or, or looked at until December. Between now and then, if the vaccine, if the healthcare workers get the vaccine, and then in December. The court ruled that uh, that it was uh, unconstitutional or illegal. Do they get to have? Can they get the vaccine taken out of them again? No. Do they have they not developed technology to take your vaccine away again? If you, I mean, if you no. don't like it, basically, it you change, know I mean? it like a return, you know, like Amazon returns. It changes your genes, and you pass on those changed genes to your offspring. And this is what the Spanish highest court in Spain last week ruled that its lockdowns were unconstitutional. Yeah. They specifically said, therefore illegal. They specifically also said, therefore all people who are fined mm-hmm. must have those fines returned. Mm-hmm. They had to put a cap on retribution or whatever, uh, on the restitution of rights because they realized that the, unless they didn't, unless they said specifically in their ruling that we cannot allow people to sue the government for lost business and other damages, mm-hmm. this country is going bankrupt. Right. Nevertheless, the ruling is there. Officially, the Spanish government acted illegally in its lockdowns last year mm-hmm. and its enforcement of all 18, anyone under the age of 18 was behind four walls. Mm-hmm. It was one of the harshest lockdowns, the first one in Europe, from March to June was mm-hmm. behind four walls and they did not leave. Yeah. Well, the police, well, in some cases, were seen, there's video of it all over the web, to start beating the heads of joggers and anyone else who right. was caught outside yeah. illegally. Yeah, yeah. All of that was ruled illegal. Mm-hmm. And yet they did it. And I think they, I think the government's lawyers would know ahead of time, uh, guys, mm-hmm. but they'll also know that it's going to take a year for a ruling mm-hmm. and they don't care. Mm-hmm. They'll do it anyway. This, I bet this lawsuit in Italy will be successful. And it won't matter, damn. Their case is a slam dunk under all, all kinds of international laws, not least a ruling by the European, uh, the Council of Europe, which is the interparliamentary body. Um, but a month ago, six weeks ago, I think we mentioned it last week, mm-hmm. but it specifically stated, they basically recited and cited as their primary source document, the first paper in international law, the foundation on which was all built after World War II, the Nuremberg Trials, in which there's the the 13 declarations are basically against any form of coercion mm-hmm. when it comes to medical experimentation. Right. But that, the counter, the whole Nuremberg thing, I've seen people, a lot of people argue the Nuremberg thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 
goes against Nuremberg, Nuremberg principles, whatever, uh, which are, as you just said, uh, uh, you know, outlawed or made illegal, basically, experimentation, experimentation on human beings without their consent. Uh, but in this case, it, that, that argument relies on the idea that the vaccines are experimental which they counter that they're not. These aren't experiment. This is an experimental drug that's gone through trials and blah, blah, blah. We'll actually get into that in a little bit. But um, I don't think the Nuremberg thing is a good argument to make because no. there's other... Well there's, well, there's other arguments to make. Well, it's more explicit. Well, it's other- also said that the patient must be fully informed as yeah. to what is in it yeah. and what he can expect from it. Well, they post, they post the ingredients on it and they say that there's slight risk and, you know, of, of this reaction or whatever, basically. So, you know, I don't think it's, it's a strong argument. Nuremberg, I think there are, but there are many other laws that pertaining to kind of um, uh, an individual's right to not take medication, to right. decide what medication they're going to take, like bodily integrity, basically. That no, you're, you have free choice to to take a, take any me- medication or not take it. So it's being offered. So I mean, the, the idea that it would be mandated, like force people to take a medication is like ridiculous. It's, it goes against many different laws, tort laws, all sorts of stuff that, that, that are a very fundamental base of any kind of modern democracy and, and, and constitutional rights and, and civil rights. I mean, so I don't know why people keep going on about Nuremberg because it's probably, it has a link to Nazi Germany and all that kind of stuff. And it's a bit, it's a bit of, there's a bit of hyperbole in there because of that, you know, but you don't need to rely on that. There's plenty of other laws that say, you cannot be forced to take. Imagine you go to a GP and the GP says you have to take this paracetamol, and you can't say no. He says you have to take it. Take it now, and if you don't take it, I'm going to hold you down and shove it down your throat. That's what that's what a vaccine mandate is. I mean, obviously there are laws to prevent any medical authority forcing people to take any medication mm-hmm. if they don't want to. You just say I don't want to. Yeah. So there's plenty. I mean, certainly. That's a big problem with the, with uh, forced vaccination, and that's why they're going about it through this back back doorway because they know that they can't say you are legally required to take this medication because that would be blown out of court. It's, it's totally anti-constitutional and uh, against you know basic human rights yeah. that are enshrined in law. So uh, that's why they're doing it this way, which is basically if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to A, B, C, C do D. this, whatever. So yeah, but I don't think it'll get very far. There was, uh, yeah, we'll see. There were plenty of uh, protests this weekend in France actually over it and there's been protests elsewhere, but um, yeah. But yeah, I mentioned the US there a minute ago. They seem, under Biden, they seem to be quickly uh, taking up the slack uh, that was left uh, as a result of Trump, the the, the lackadaisical way that Trump uh, approached the whole situation. Uh, he even mentioned at one point uh, before he left office that um, he said uh, uh, he said something about I already have a vaccine it's called your immune system <laughs> I mean that's just that was like whoa talk about going against the grain like you know but anyway uh, the Biden administration have really you know have, have you know made a lot of made a lot of ground in recent weeks and particularly this week actually because there's uh, there were a few statements about um, in terms of censorship around you know, it's all in the same ballpark. Censorship around people talking about the th- kind of things that we're talking about. And Jen Psaki, the White House uh, press secretary, uh, such as she is, um, she came out and said I had a few choice words for people who are saying anything on social media that goes against the official narrative. 
So um, let's just listen to Jen. She's, she's a fount of wisdom. Of wisdom. <laughs> so about, I think this was a question asked before, there's about 12 people who are producing 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms, including Facebook, ones that Facebook owns. Third, uh, it's important to take faster action against harmful posts. As you all know, information travels quite quickly on social media platforms. Sometimes it's not accurate, and Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful uh, uh, violative posts. Posts that will be within their policies for removal often remain up for days. That's too long. The information spreads too quickly. Finally, we uh, have proposed they promote quality information sources in their feed algorithm. Facebook has repeatedly shown that they have the leverage to promote quality information. We've seen them effectively do this um, in their algorithm over low quality information, and they've chosen not to use it in this case. On that like certain Russia hacked our election. That would have an impact. So these are uh, certainly the proposals. Uh, we engage with them regularly, and they certainly understand what our asks are. Or this virus did not come from a lab. Right. But in the, in the rest of that, she uh, just called for censorship. Well, she, yeah, and she didn't actually she didn't say there that you're not allowed. She was and maybe in that same statement she mentioned that you shouldn't be allowed to if you're banned from one platform, you shouldn't be allowed on another platform. Mm -hmm. that, that wasn't in that uh, that section. We just she did. She did. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they are they are banned on some. Why are they not banned across the board? Okay. Yeah. So she's calling for censorship of people who provide this disinformation or misleading information as she calls it but um 12 people yeah it's surely a lot more than 12 people probably yeah but she's, i looked into that claim yeah did you see it no what's she citing she's citing uh counterhate.com yeah counterhate.com it's, it's citing a report from march yeah that claims 12 people produce 65 percent right of all disinformation about covid vaccines right I don't know how they came up with that, but let's have a look at who they are. I think it's the next tab along, Scotty. Um, the acronym is C. <clears throat> um, no, it's not there. I can't remember where it is now. Maybe go left of that tab, the one left of it. You see... Okay, go a lot. No, to the right. Okay, left of the tab that's currently open. Yeah, that one. No. Oh. Okay, this is her statement. Yeah, no. you're you're talking about this disinformation dozen, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not it though. <clears throat> anyway, you have it there. Disinformation dozen. Robert Kennedy, Joseph Mercola, Ty, and Charlene Bollinger, among others, continually violate the terms of service agreements on Facebook and Twitter. While some anti-vaxxers identified by CCDH, that's the uh, counter-hate people, I think, uh, have been removed from a single platform. Com comprehensive action has yet to be taken and most remain on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Oh, the horror. Someone was moved. People who are saying things that we don't agree with that are, you know, that, that we claim are not true and we don't agree with are, have been removed from some platforms but not from others and that's not cool. And, uh, and Jen Saki and the White House have all of the truthful and factual information, right? Um, because, uh, because they're the government and we should listen to everything they say. As the, same, the same went for, um, well, it was actually from last year uh, in New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, came out with a really strong 
uh, statement about how they should, people should only listen to the government sources, only look at, and she give a website, a government website, New Zealand.gov, COVID or whatever, only go there. Anything else you hear is not reliable. Everything that's factual will be on that website, i.e., you know, and that may be true for some people. The thing people may not be interested or able or whatever to do their own research, so they need one source. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, there are other sources, and government, any government website, is not the single absolutely factual source of information. It's ridiculous to suggest it. It's a ridiculous statement in any free society. But if you just put up that tab again, Scotty, that, the one you just closed, uh, this is Jen Saki. So speaking of Jen talking about deplatforming people because they're spreading disinformation, this is a transcript of all of that speech, all of that press conference, sorry, that she gave. And part of the uh, the explanation as to why she was uh, talking about uh, people being, that they should be removed from social media and be, be censored effectively for saying the wrong thing. She says, this is what, uh, this is what, what the information, blah, blah, whatever she's stuttering, some of the information is doing, it misleads the public by falsely falsely alleging that mRNA vaccines are untested and thus risky, even though many of them are approved and have gone through the gold standard of the FDA approval process. They have? The fact of the matter is that is absolutely 100% not true. Uh, do we have the other tab open? Maybe we don't have it. I don't know. But people can look it up for themselves. Um, uh, no. Uh, basically, just look up, uh, do a search for uh, FDA approval uh, mRNA vaccines, and you'll see multiple uh, mainstream articles uh, detailing uh, the fact that mRNA vaccines have not received um, FDA approval, right. unlike what Jen Saki just said. So here's a woman. It's the same in Europe. They don't have European right. medical. They're, they have an emergency uh, authorization use because pandemic. They, because pandemic, they have not gone through FD, the FDA approval process. Now Jen Saki stood up in front of the the world's press at the White House and called for deplatforming and censoring of people who say that mRNA vaccines have not gone through FDA approval. And that is true. So she's asking for people to, in that specific instance, she's asking or demanding or you know, strongly suggesting that people who tell the truth about mRNA vaccines be censored. And that people listen to her instead when she lies that mRNA vaccines have had FDA approval. When they haven't. Yeah. So by her, her own standard, Jen Psaki has quite a, a large following on Twitter. She should be deplatformed immediately all across platform. all platforms. She should be gone. And in fact, the White House should, you know, lower the boom on her and uh, dump her uh, from all social media. She, they should censor and remove all, social, all of her social media accounts. By, and, and she should do it herself in, 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 in all and I'll furnish you. Exactly. Why is she so anyway, uh, yeah, that's an example of, well, there's one example of why you should not listen to government uh, statements on, you know, like across the board and assume that they're always true. She, that, I mean, it's, anybody can go and prove to themselves right now that what Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said the other day about mRNA vaccines is false. Right. So uh, if you have any sense or if you have any, any wit about you at all, 
that leaves open at least the small possibility that you should look elsewhere for your information because there's a good chance that the information you're going to get from government sources is not always correct. At the very least. At the very least. The the other thing she was citing before as well, it it's, comes from this group called the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these are the people who fingered 12 and said, we cannot listen to these people at all. In fact, why are they not deplatformed? Mm. Uh, this group was set up earlier this year. It's actually based in London, in the UK. Um, and this report is apparently... It's been around since March. The, the disinformation doesn't, and they have a disinformation doesn't update on their counterhate.com website. Mm-hmm. This is another example of what we've seen over the last few years where the White House or some other authority can cite an independent, in quote, NGO, mm-hmm. non-affiliated NGO that's actually an Atlanticist think tank. Mm-hmm that's pushing and lobbying in Washington for this to be done. Right. And when it suits the government, they will cite, oh, it's not us. It's this other report that suggests that these people be censored. Right. And Facebook, we suggest to you that you follow this report, hint, hint, and censor these people. They mentioned uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Joseph McCullough, um, among others. I, it's... It, and I suppose in the end, they'll be able to say, well, well, look, we have a paper trail here. We did not – she'll be able to defend herself. I did not call for censorship. Yeah. I was just citing a report that said objectively that there are 12 people out there who are causing problems. Right. <laughs> but she herself, of her own volition, made the statement that mRNA vaccines have had the, yeah. uh, had the FDA approval and therefore they're legit. They haven't. Yeah. She didn't get that from anyone else. She came from her own brain or from her own internal sources. It wasn't from any other website. So, I mean, on that count, she should be out of here. Um, so, I, yeah. I have to interrupt you here for a second yeah. because it turns out that uh, our dear viewers are requesting that Jen Psaki get the she fish. She get the fish? Well, I don't know. If she was here, I'd, I'd certainly whack her around the head with it. Like, But I wouldn't, wouldn't have her around the place anyway. Uh, well, well, yeah, she definitely deserves a fish. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, just wave it around there or something, maybe. That uh, might be enough. Yeah, yeah. just wave it. We'll, we'll put on <laughs> the video of Sleepy Joe there because he had something else to say about, uh, about uh, Facebook and posts on Facebook about vaccines and stuff that run counter to what the White House says. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, there he is. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really... Look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. The thing is, the thing is, if I, if I hit... Uh, if I... Uh, Jen would make me take a few whacks with a fish, but... Joe, Sleepy Joe, I mean, I might kill him no. if I hit him with a fish. You know what I mean? I mean, he mightn't, he mightn't get up again, you know? <laughs> and, and, but they'd probably put COVID on a death certificate. But uh, he, uh, did I just advocate killing the President of the United States? I don't think so. Not no. With, not with a rubber fish, right? No. No, it doesn't no. qualify. Anyway, so Jen Psaki, uh, well, what Biden just said, what Sleepy Joe just said, they're killing people. Posting on Facebook is killing people. Posting disinformation on Facebook is killing people. But to the extent that you posted or if you posted that mRNA vaccines have not been tested, have not been approved by the FDA, that's not killing people. 
you might actually save some people, at least because it might make them think twice if they're vulnerable and they're, they're, they're one of the people who are at risk from having a severe adverse reaction for vaccines, like severe in the, in, in the sense of dying. Uh, you, you might actually uh, make them think twice. You might actually save someone by, by posting that information. Now, Jen Psaki, on the other hand, ta- convincing people that uh, experimental vaccines uh, or have, have had FDA approval, when they haven't, that's dangerous. Yeah. So she definitely deserves a fish. But uh, I don't know. I'll have to send her one in the post. But the other thing is that Joe, Sleepy Joe at the end there said, um, the only pandemic is among the unvaccinated. And that's also not true um, on various different counts. Yeah. I mean, you just have to look at the data of the number of people who are who have been vaccinated, who are getting infected, basically. Um, don't know, they don't really publish details, details on the severity of the infection, but certainly they're being infected after, uh, or they're getting COVID, quote-unquote, after their vaccines, after they've, after they've had the double, double jab. Um, and also there's this claim that... Um, Variants. I think tied to that would be the idea that variants uh, are produced by unvaccinated people. Uh, I.e., you need to, when you're vaccinated, you don't. The virus doesn't mutate in you, even though you might contract it or whatever. It doesn't mutate in you because you're because you're vaccine, uh, and that it's only in the, in the unvaccinated that, that happens. That's actually exactly the opposite of the truth. Uh, and everybody, even common garden, like. Doctors know that, and even veterinarians know that, because uh, I know I, I, I know a veterinarian uh, who actually was talking to me about this, and he actually told me that that's exactly the opposite of the truth in, in the case of like horses or, or other animals, that they often, vets will all, often choose to uh, cull or kill or put down an animal rather than vaccinate them when they have some kind of an infection, because the vaccination vaccination is known to produce variants and it's got they've got terms but it's been known for for decades by mainstream science is a thing uh it's called um vaccine escape or more specifically uh, antibody enhance uh, dependent enhancement yeah where basically rather than that than than the that the, that the process of, of uh, the process that evolves after you get a vaccine actually encourages any virus that you're, is in your body to go superbug or to mutate super well known so sleepy joe there on that count is completely full of shit as well because uh, he was saying that uh, the only pandemic is among the unvaccinated well actually no science says that the continuation of a pandemic is the chances of the continuation of a pandemic are increased by vac- by vaccinations because you increase the chances of mutations right the, the, and it, yeah, it doesn't happen so much in in in, uh, in unvaccinated people yeah i get completely confused by all this because i've heard very very detailed arguments for why this is not a vaccine at all namely not least from the companies themselves they said we're not targeting covid can continue the sars-cov-2 can continue to do its thing among the population mm-hmm. all we've done is create an mrna vaccine that will create generate the spike protein get simulate the received recipient's body to produce the spike protein so that when they get this variant now and in the next wave another variant they will produce antibodies against 
the variant each time because it has the same spike protein. Well, they, they hope it That's what protects them. Change. So that they're not going in and targeting the actual the the virus and viruses variants will continue to do their thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what the vax, the manufacturers of this thing were boasting about, that that's why this was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to deal with the virus anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just provide blanket immunity. So, but, but it is. The problem is that but it's, this messaging is all over. I've seen that from many people's mouths this week on social media, in officialdom through Biden. It's, did, it, did that message go out? He wasn't the first to say it either. I heard a lot of people say, well, the only pandemic that exists now is in the non-vaccinated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the rest of it is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what happened last week? Yeah, <laughs> but that's, yeah exactly. But that's, that's nonsense. That doesn't fit, obviously. It's, um, with, with the data, you look at data from various different countries, and it's like there's, there's a high percentage of like, I mean, you take a look. I mean, it depends on the country, obviously. There's big differences between from country to country. But, I mean, Gibraltar is a tiny little country. Thir- it's not even a country, it's like, I don't know what it's called, it's just a dependency of, of the UK, whatever, down at the bottom of Spain. There, there's 30, 35,000 people live there, and they released a couple of days ago their latest and uh, their number of infections of new COVID cases uh, on Friday or something like that. And there were 32. And they listed the, just a number, one to 32 on one side, and on the, other, uh, on the other column, it was vaccinated or unvaccinated. And there were two unvaccinated out of 32. So out of 32 new cases, 30 were vaccinated. Now, and they're all, and the thing is about Gibraltar is that the entire 35,000 population are, have been vaccinated, vaccinated apart from one or two, basically, you know, a few, mm. a handful, mm. like pretty much 99%. So, and there's other cases, like in Israel, you look at the data from Israel, there's a large number of people who are getting, who, most of them have had the Pfizer vaccine in Israel. And... Uh, there's, there's massive spikes in in cases among people who have had the vaccine. And, and Israel is even going to the point now of saying that the Pfizer vaccine doesn't work very well against this virus. So, yeah, it's all over the place, basically. It's hard, it's hard to figure so out what's So what's the point in getting the vaccine, in quotes, whatever Well, because is. the thing is, what, what people are saying... How, what, are they, what is their selling point now? What, well, the, well their, people... their, sell, their selling point now is that when people get all these people who are testing positive, uh, they, they say they, it just pisses me off. The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, it's so annoying. Even like high-level government, like government officials, the health minister in the UK yesterday or the day before came out and on, he's on Twitter uh, and said, um, "Hi guys, blah 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 blah. I've tested positive for COVID." And then and he more and he said it more or less don't have any symptoms. I'm like, dude, COVID is a disease. If you don't have any symptoms, you don't have the disease. It's not. It's not a disease. COVID is is a disease that has very well known symptoms. Even if they're slight, there are symptoms. If you don't have any symptoms, you don't have COVID. And you didn't test positive for COVID. You test positive for some remnant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus in your body. It may be doing bugger all. It may be no con- of no concern to you whatsoever. You could test yourself for whatever, mm-hmm. and you'll find you could make a big long list of all the things. If you do all the tests, you could find a you, know, you could f- find dozens of things in your body, and you could announce it and say, "What are you going to do about it? You're going to you're going to go and like hide or something. You're going to go and self isolate yourself because you found that you might have like a remnant of." I think he did. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> he did actually. The thing, so, but the point is that these people. In answer to your question, 
what they say is that when they test positive for COVID, which is a ridiculous term, they test positive for remnants of the SARS-CoV-2 virus through sometimes very dodgy tests that are unreliable anyway. When they say, so when they say that they're testing positive, these people say that are vaccinated, they say, well, it's lucky because if I, didn't, if I wasn't vaccinated, there's no doubt I'd be... What? Well, I'd be in the ICU, gasping. Oh. The whole point, that's the whole point. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming that now that I've tested, now that I've had the vaccine, any positive test I get for "quote unquote" COVID uh, is, is is going to be means that I won't, you know, I'll have very slight symptoms or, or only moderate symptoms. That it's the vaccine is protecting me from ending up in ICU. But these are this is people, healthy people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, 60s, 70s, any age, saying this. Right. And the point is that. Last year, they would never or have before their vaccine. Anyway. Exactly before their vaccination, they very likely, given how 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 massively widespread this virus is throughout the entire world's population at this point, they very likely came in contact with the virus before, had no awareness of it whatsoever, had no symptoms, and didn't end up in ICU. Obviously, they didn't even know. But now that they get the vaccine, they go and do a a a, a, a test, a PCR test or a lateral flow test or something. It's, it comes up positive. And, and they, they say, a sigh of relief. wow, I'm, I'm lucky I got the double jab, man, because I would have been in ICU. No, dude, you got it last summer and you didn't even notice you weren't in ICU. Why do you think you would have been in ICU today? Right. Do you think the vaccine's saving you from something that never bothered you in the first place anyway? How retarded are you? Right. Super retarded is the answer. Super duper retarded. It's, Which it's, applies to a lot a, of people. There's a classic bias here. <clears throat> it's a confirmation bias. Sorry, it's, I had to grab for the fish there. It's not. It's the opposite of buyer's remorse. When you buy something, yeah. and you're bought into it, it's called sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. Very. Dump a load sir. of emotional money, emotional money into exactly. this project, and I've lived it, and I've suffered, and I've self isolated, and I locked myself down, and I, you know, hands, face, space, arse, whatever, did the whole thing, whatever the government said. I put a lot of effort into this, and now there better be a payoff. And, well, and that's it. It's, well, it better be freaking true as a thing. You can't right. can turn around and tell me I did all that shit for, for no good reason. Because I ain't, I ain't, I'm just, I can't go there. I can't take that. That's just, no way, man. I can't do it. I'm just, it hurts my brain. I'm not doing it. Ah, hurts Shut my up. brain. So they, they're getting psychological comfort from... From being stupid. Yeah. They, they believe that the vaccine has saved them. Yeah. That they are alive today. Yeah. All the effort, Thanks and, to and they made the conscious science. choice to get the vaccine, right. and them and League with Science saved their lives, and it's all going great, and everything's fine. It was all worth it, and we're all in it together. We're going to save the NHS. We're going to save our way of life. We're going to save... That's what that health secretary I was talking about who tested positive, said he had tested positive for the COVID with no symptoms. He, uh, he said, you know, please, go and get the job. Go and get the double job to protect uh, the healthcare system and to protect our way of life. I'm saying... He's what, getting double vaccination is to protect our way of life. What? What do you mean? Are you trying to say that if people weren't vaccinated, which they haven't been up until a few recent months, that this virus would des- the virus would destroy the British way of life somehow? How's, how is it going to do that? By killing a small number, relatively very rel- relatively small number of elderly people, how does that destroy the British way of life? It doesn't. it doesn't. And like, I've, like we've said repeatedly in this show, but the vast majority of people who are susceptible to this virus are people who are in end-of-life scenarios anyway, have very short life expectancy anyway. The vast majority in Italy, it was like but somewhere between 99, 95 and 99% of their deaths in 2020 
from COVID were in, among the very elderly in very poor health with a very low, beyond uh, life expectancy age and with very short life expectancy. Uh, so those people are don't have very long to live anyway in the natural course of things. So them dying six months earlier somehow would destroy our way of life. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the kind of catchphrases they come out with. They just, yeah. I mean, when he threw that in there. And anyway, we'll actually talk about this guy um, because uh, I just want to highlight what he did. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the UK basically, right? Um, do we have, I think we have a few tabs on it there. Um, the UK, yeah, jump towards the end maybe. Um, well, don't. No, I think the next one. Is it the next one? Go ahead. About quarantine. Quarantine to remain yeah. in place. That so, was announced this week. Anyway, so basically, this is true for a lot of countries in the world. So don't worry about the fact that I'm just focusing on the UK. It's true for a lot of countries um, in essence, in the same way it's, it's, it's applying to you. Everybody's having the same experience. Uh, the UK announced several months ago that July 19th, i.e. Tomorrow. Tom was it tomorrow? Today's the 18th, yeah. Okay, so tomorrow was a big opening day in the sense of there would be the last, the removal, the removal of the last restrictions. It would be back to normal. And then this is months ago they announced it. So... And, and it they even gave it a name, Freedom Day. Freedom Day. It was Freedom Day. July 19th, Freedom Day. Woo! And... Um, Everybody's super excited. It's all going to be done. Did people in their, in the way they think about things, decided that was the end of the pandemic day. It was all over, right? Middle of summer, done. We're moving out of this. Put it behind us. So they all booked their holidays. A lot of them booked their holidays in advance. Millions of them booked their holidays in advance of tomorrow. So they were going to leave this week or this weekend. A lot of them this weekend. Some of them picked, you know, the weekend right before, like Saturday, two days before, or Sunday today. Uh, and they were told in advance of this Freedom Day on July 19th that, and it was obviously carried on a stick thing, if you get your vaccination, then you'll have no, no trouble uh, traveling freely to most countries. Most specifically, you won't have to quarantine when you come back. Because people booking two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is, holidays, are taking up maybe sometimes the rest of the holidays for the year, and then they have to come back and go to work. They can't afford to quarantine. They've taken their holidays, and, now they have to, and then they have to quarantine for 10 days when they come back from the holiday? No. Yeah, you know, so the, but the assurance was if you go, if you get vaccinated, you can go on holidays, no quarantine, come back. Now, France is the second most popular destination for, for British uh, holidaymakers, and it's number one in terms of the number of uh, the place where most, where, where British people have their holiday homes or second homes. Yeah. So there's a lot of people go every summer to France. So a lot of these people who are booking their holidays to go, uh, English people who are booking their holidays to go in advance of Freedom Day, we're going to France. So the day, so it's this weekend, a lot of them are leaving, uh, or even just a few days before. But anyway, on Friday, British government announced, actually, France, we're putting it on a kind of in-between amber and red list country, and it means that even if you're vaccinated, you have to quarantine. Oh, when they come home. When they come home. Ten days. They announced it just before. Right. Before Freedom Day. They took oh away the freedom God. of Freedom Day just before Freedom Day when everybody had gone on holidays to France. And now they're all stuck in France. Or if they haven't gone yet, they cancel. Uh, but the ones there are faced with a situation like, uh, what do I do now? I mean, I called my employer and tell them I'm not coming. Not only have I taken two weeks holiday, but I'm taking another 10 days of quarantine. 
and and then the added thing because well, it's not just quarantine, but you have to book two PCR tests at like you know 150 quid or something like it is in the UK. You know Before what I mean? and after, yeah. yeah. So go, it's just bullshit. Anyway, so go to the next. Um, anyway, so this guy, yeah. Um, so the Brits announced that, and then this health secretary, British health secretary, goes on TV and says, uh, "I tested positive." He doesn't even because he's he's recording the video from home. Right, and I tested positive, and I'm isolating at right, home. Right, and I'm isolating at home. And he he actually what he says, I I used a, a lateral flow test. Yeah. Lateral flow test is like a pregnancy test, right? It's just a little strip. You stick it in on your tongue or something, and a, a little line comes up and tells you it doesn't sit. You know, it, it's not a lab test. It's a home stick in your lick lick it and stick it in the fluid and see if a little red line, a blue line comes up. I hope pregnancy tests are more efficient. Pr- yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I hope so, yeah. But anyway, so they're notoriously known. Show me, the, there's another tab there about these lateral flow tests that this guy supposedly um, tested positive from. Uh, there you go, school COVID tests, positive results, very likely to be false. That's the lateral flow test. So this is from uh, like March this year. So there's the test that he used, and it's been known for months that they're very likely to be false. Uh, so he, but then he says he's going to self-isolate, and then so this is he, so he announces this yesterday, right after the British government says, "Oh, back uh, holidaymakers to France, you're going to quarantine when you come back. Mm-hmm. No freedom, sorry." And then he announces, "Oh, I'm um, as if almost to, you know to add a bit of severity to the situation." The health minister of the UK has tested positive. It's serious, you know, uh, almost as if to say they're justifying the whole, you know, the, the, this, the continued or the increased restrictions, you know. Um, jump to the next one, the ladder flow test. Play that video. This is on the ladder. This is the test that he used to test positive. So it has come to our attention that there are a number of videos circulating on social media which encourage kids to use fruit drinks on their lateral flow COVID tests because they'll get a positive test result and therefore a day off school, perhaps even more. So we're going to put it to the test and see what happens. So we've left the test now for about 15 minutes and it's showing quite clearly that it is a positive test. So there are two lines, uh, as you may know, on uh, a COVID test. One is the T line, and that indicates, if there's a line beside it, that the test is positive. Then there's also a crucial C line, and that indicates that your test is valid. But we have got both lines. The T line is a lot fainter. And here's the key thing. On the instruction manual that you get with these tests, it's clear, very clear. It says, even faint lines shows the test is positive. So technically speaking, that is a positive lateral flow test. And if I were to show that to my parents, let's say, well, then they have to take action accordingly. We've seen a 70% increase in the positive test rate of school-aged children in the last week or so. You have to ask what percentage of that is legitimate positive tests and what percentage of it is children's fruit drinks. Percentage of fruit shoot. Uh, so that's the dodgy. This guy announces, oh, wow. poor me. I did a ladder flow test and uh, I dropped it in my fruit shoot and it came out positive. So I'm going to self-isolate. But the really funny thing is then Boris Johnson and the Chancellor, Minister of Finance basically in the UK, had been hanging out with the health minister who yeah. tested positive with his dodgy, dodgy fruit shoot uh, flow test. And, um, and they initially... 
with justified scepticism, kind of said, well, we're not going to self-isolate because the rules are if he tested positive with a, with, a, with a dodgy test that's known to be give false positives, then... Anyone the, in contact Anyone with in him, contact has to, that's has the whole to self-isolate government. as well. So you have to join him in self-isolation, well, in your own house, like, for 10 days. So uh, Boris and the finance minister said, now uh, no, we're going to do a different thing. We're going to, uh, you know, and then there was outcry <laughs> from somewhere and outcry from the public or something like that. And uh, and then they said, OK, we'll follow the rules and like the rest of the plebs. So now the two of them are supposedly self-isolating for 10 days, all because of a dodgy uh, ladder of flow test. And that guy took it, actually, the finance minister took it. When he had some symptoms, he said, some like light symptoms. But the point of a bladder flow test is you meant to take it when you have no symptoms whatsoever. Mm. The whole thing... <coughs> so the whole thing smacks of a little bit of a stunt. Either pulled by the UK government or pulled on them. It's, it sounds to me like the way Boris Johnson initially said, no, 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 we won't. And yeah. then he said, actually, we will. That it was done, that something happened here to them where they were left with no choice yeah. but to follow the rules they've been hitting everyone else with. Right. But I say I say it smacks of us. God, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, the obvious question to ask is... <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to... Ask it. How do I pretend this? Like, they're saying that we had to in- reintroduce... Oops, sorry, we can't have Freedom Day. Those of you who have gone to France, when you come back, what was the justification for that? It's screwing over people's holidays. Okay, that's that's what we assume is the real motive. Yeah. But the well, justification presumably was it's a beta variant. a rise in cases. Well, no, it's a beta variant actually. That's um, one cunning virus. Well, actually, if you go, uh, is it? Do I have it there? I don't know if I have it. Uh, probably not. Um, the reason they said that that was happening is because the the beta variant. Um, beta? I thought we were on delta. Nah, there's loads of them. Uh, the beta variant is uh, is very dangerous oh, yeah. <clears throat> and hanging around in France, but uh, and that's why we have to quarantine people coming back from France. But then a uh, French politician actually was on Radio Four, English you know, BBC Radio Four, the same day as the British government announced this quarantine coming back from France, and she said it's kind of we don't really understand why he's saying that because there's no there, that beta variant thing that doesn't that's not in France at all. There's no no trace of it whatsoever. It's, a, it's it's like in Martinique. We've maybe found it in Martinique in the in the Caribbean, the French colonies in the Car- Caribbean, but it's not in France at all. So, what, what, what I, do you do? Like, I, I a, don't know. What do you do? I mean, this everything point, what is do you just do? a you phantasm. Just, well, you just throw it out. Like, I mean, when there's so much confusion and contradictory statements from official sources, and not just contradictory, but some outright bogus information from official sources, what's the average person to do? Just blindly pick some rule, uh, you know, it's like a lucky dip bag, you know, there's a bunch of rules, COVID rules in there, and you don't know which ones to follow, so you just stick your hand in the bag and pull one out and decide that's what you're going to do today. Yeah, but all the while you're expected to believe, follow the science, that the government and authorities around the government, whoever's I, using them, are following the science. Yeah. So the announcement of this today, that tomorrow, and so on next week... What have they been saying throughout? Well, let's follow. We are following the science. It, sorry, cases are rising, ergo, boom, new measure. Let's follow the science now. Go to the next tab, Scotty. Everybody follow the science. There you go. This is uh, Dr. Callan Exxon, who is a member of SAGE, which is a group in the UK that has been advising the government throughout the entire pandemic. All scientists, all very knowledgeable. All SAGE. They, when you talk about the science, they're the science. 
So he said, today, we, this is the sense we should be following now, right? Because we're following the sense. Mm-hmm. Cloth masks, cloth face masks are comfort blankets that do little to curb COVID, COVID spread. So have you been following that science all along and ditching your face mask? Um, no, I have to wear it to eat. If I yeah. want to buy food, I have to wear it. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, follow the, follow the science and don't wear your mask. It's useless. And in fact, we could pull up some other data about how wearing masks for a long period of time actually increases the chance of uh, respiratory infections because, you know, I mean, your breath is a primary, one of your primary uh, detox pathways. If you block it off and you're breathing into a, a material making it humid with the moisture in your breath and you're breathing out toxins and you can get a little, little it's like a little Petri dish there and you're sucking on a Petri dish. Sucking on a Petri dish. That's a good name for That's a why they're band revolting. or something. Huh? Um, so yeah, there's follow the science. Go ahead. Pick the, pick the science out of a bag and follow it. Just put all the, all the contradictory scientific statements into a bag, a brown paper bag, and then every day stick your hand into it, pull out one, you know, strip of paper with a piece of science on it and then follow that and you'll be good yeah. it'll work it's not completely random though there is consistency this time last year after the first lockdown British people went en masse oh thank god we're out of here those who could to their second homes or holidays whatever yeah. in France while they were there yeah. just after lockdown the British government announced oh by the way You've two weeks to get back to England, after which point anyone coming after must quarantine for 10 days. Yeah. It's the same measure. Is that just right. the, the cunning, incredible right intelligent in design of the virus? In the middle of that July. That produced the same necessity. Yeah. Ne- yeah, it's sneaky. The virus just doesn't like English people going on holiday to France. That's obvious. That is a science. That's a scientific, I, I, that's a scientific conclusion. I follow that. Follow the scientific process there and you'll draw that obviously, obvious scientific conclusion that the virus doesn't like France and doesn't like English people going to France in particular in July. It's very, very angry at them for doing that because it's obviously going to have to do with politicians. They wouldn't. There's no... Anyway, uh, we're getting carried away there. Um, get vaxxed, get COVID. That's what happens in Israel, no? We've mentioned that already. But... Uh, yeah, in the few places where they do talk frankly about what the data so put far that, are showing. Put that one up, Scotty. Israel National News. Yeah. Natural infection, i.e. let the damn virus do its thing and see what happens, versus vaccination, which gives more protection. Nearly 40% of new COVID patients were vaccinated compared to just... One percent who have been infected previously. So previous infections, which is probably most of the population. And here's the thing to remember, people. Very, very important piece of information that you should always carry with you. Write it down on a piece of paper in your pocket. The vast majority of people on this planet have been exposed to this virus. And the truth of the fact that it's a deadly pandemic is the fact that the vast majority of people who were exposed to the virus did not know it at all. Now, if that isn't the hallmark of a deadly virus that causes deadly death and pandemic-like things, I don't know what is. We're pretty much 50, 60, 70% of the global population all, all got it. 
and all were like, what, me? I didn't get anything. What do you mean? I didn't get, I had COVID. Technically, they all had COVID by the definition they use it, right? Uh-huh. Like, because that guy, the health minister and so many other people, whenever they just do a random test and they detect the remnants or some little parts of, of that SARS-CoV-2 virus in their body, that means, according to them, that they have COVID. I've been, I, I've been, I've tested positive for COVID. Therefore, I have COVID, right? So all the people around the world over the past 18 months who got exposed to this virus never knew about it. If they had tested themselves, they would have found some evidence of that virus in their body and then they would also have had COVID. Yeah. So they, I mean, it's just pity they didn't, everybody didn't test so much because you could have, like you could probably have like 5 billion people had COVID at this point if you got to test, if you got everybody to test. But then how do people test themselves when they're, when they're fine? Why would they, well, why would they test themselves when they're fine? They feel fine, they're great, it's the middle of the summer. Oh, I'm going to go and get a test just in case to see if I've got something. And then you get it. And what do you do? You have to stay in your house for 10 days. Why you get a would, positive test. Why would they do it? The only one, because they were artificial, they were scared into getting them. Yeah. They were told. Right. They must. Yeah, yeah. But and that's become increasingly more enshrined to the point where France is now saying, if you want to do anything, if you want to live anything at all like a normal life, PCR test, PCR test, or PCR test. Or vaccination. Or preferably yeah. a vaccination. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, Israel, uh, and that's Israel, evidence, that's that's and solid the, data because that's one of the most vaccinated populations. And on not only Earth. that, but early, the first, yeah, the first country to roll out kind of widespread, full, almost full vaccination uh, was Israel, right from the get go. Uh, smaller country, we were able to do it really quickly. So they're a really good test case in terms of looking at the effects of vaccination in, in terms of adverse effects and in terms of whether or not you have people who appear to get similar COVID symptoms again afterwards. Yeah, you know? in terms of actual COVID, not fake COVID. Like, it's yeah. sense that they come down sick. Yeah. The population is sicker. Yeah. Only a little. We can't claim, like, that's obviously yeah. um, being noticed yet in Israel. It's being noticed at the margins, at least, mm-hmm. and as far as their PCR testing goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're really trying to push push the whole uh, vax, vaxi, vaxi, vaxi thing on people, and um, it's not cool, you know. It's uh, it really smacks of totalitarianism, you know. I mean, it's like uh, it's kind of apartheid in a way, you know. I thought it was interesting that the day after Macron's TV address, that Merkel, the German Chancellor says basically that's not how you do things that's not how you, you should she said gender trust she said yeah that's not there'll be no trust. mandatory yeah vaccine program here and she's like she's saying that now anyway yeah and she says you know like we have a kind of historical experience with this you know so we know that that's not the way you really do things you know because it doesn't turn out well you know you know the whole nazi thing and stuff whatever you know and macron's like nah well go ahead the carrot and the stick. I've seen quite a few like articles saying which is working better, the carrots or the sticks, and they're, they're talking. Oh, the sticks, yeah, mandatory vaccines. It's definitely on the table. Man, mm. no one seems to blink much of an eye, at least in the intelligentsia mm-hmm. among the Twitterati. Mm-hmm. Obviously, among the ordinary population, they are and they're protesting. Yeah, what there, we've got a few headlines of some examples of the carrots that are used. Um, we spoke a bit about earlier about how easy it is now to to get uh, the jab. Um, let's have a look here at uh, that's the next one there. Yeah, this is good. 
Primark stores. So Primark is basically like a a, clo- a clothes shop, Primark, in the UK. Shoppers in England will be able to pick up a job alongside a new wardrobe this weekend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when Primark, Primark They're stores, not giving you a free wardrobe, by the way. They're just telling you you have to pay for the wardrobe. And the, well, but the vaccine's free, right? The vaccine's free. But the wardrobe, just wardrobe isn't. Go in, pick up a new dress, pick up the job. Yeah. Primark stores have become pop-up coronavirus vaccination Get clinics. jabbed in your dress. Buy the new dress. See how well you look in it. Hopefully it's a short... Oh, but this is, this is kind of nifty. Here it says the British Open Golfing Championship in Sandwich, Kent mm. will also join the push with a GP-led clinic dubbed the Vaccine Caddies, offering oh. a dose to eligible golfers, caddies, staff, and the 30,000 spectators expected daily. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> you wouldn't think it was totalitarianism, uh. the, way, the way they're writing about it there, but it obviously is, you know. And the thing about it is, they, the way they write but about it and the, the th- those things that they do, it's like appealing to children, you know? Yeah. You get you know, take your medicine and you get some sugar afterwards, or you know you get a sweetie afterwards, or like in the dentist, you know you get to, for kids to go to the dentist, they, they give them lollipops and stuff afterwards. If you if you sit still and get your get your cavity done, you'll get a a goodie. And it's like it's kind of obvious that they're treating people like children. And what's worse is that so many people are responding like children. Yeah, we and have all the way through this. Yeah. Is it working better in France or in the UK? Where's vaccine uptake better? Well, in the UK. By far. Yeah. And with things like this, you know, um, similarly in Ireland, they've, as of last week, you can stroll into your pharmacy and pick up, the pharmacist can just jab you there and then. Awesome. Um, Some some tully-eyed pharmacist. They've opened it to anyone over 18. Stick it in your ear. Um, it's, you know, people are wondering, like... In Australia, you can get vaccine and win the lotto. Same in the US. Show, show us that next tab. Scroll through a couple of those tabs that, that show us the uh, jobs lotto. One million COVID vaccine lottery. You see, you too can win a million dollars if you get your vaccine. That's a pretty good payoff. I might actually think about it if, I, if, it, was, if it was guaranteed, mind you. Jabs, Lotto. And what's the next one? You could be paid a million to take it, right? Pharmacies start giving vaccines. Yep, yeah, that's in, uh, <coughs> that's that's in, in Ireland. Yep, yeah. pharmacies. Cool. And the next one, what else have we got there? Monthly vaccine doses will be offered to long COVID sufferers to help. Oh, this is for monthly vaccines, right? So, yeah, that's awesome. Get one a month. Vaccines, 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 vaccines. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh It's just going to saturate, well, yeah, saturate yeah. the place with vaccines. I mean, <clears throat> is there any need to make to like tell people I order you to? Surely that's going to backfire. Like, whereas if you just saturate the place, you know, yeah. Like one of the measures, Macron, <laughs> he said he would have pop up clinics like, like they have in stores in the UK. Uh-huh. At all schools and colleges, right, for the rentrée when they come back to school yep. in September, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, you know, talking about carrot and a stick and stuff. I mean, there's a few shows. Those uh, do we have those? Pic- yeah, let's go to those. Let's go to that uh, slideshow, Scotty. The, just yesterday, after Macron's statement during the week, um, there were a lot of protests, hundreds of thousands of people across uh, 
France protested, protested in various different uh, cities and municipalities, whatever. A couple of pictures here. Uh, that's a good one. International community, please help to stop Macron's dictatorship. Uh, well, that's what people feel like, you know. Um, yeah, keep going. There's just a bunch of people in, in, in a few different places. Yeah, do the next one. That's not going to load. Um, uh, keep going until you see another one. There's a few. There, that one's a good one. A nice uh, gesture there to uh, to the government with the health dictatorship on the hand. And then notable amongst these, um, that's uh, my health belongs to me. Um, and notable in these protests were the presence of quite a lot of healthcare professionals. Because these are the ones that are, that's an example there. Those, those are healthcare professionals. My body, my choice, liberté. Um so it's because they're the ones on the front. They're the ones who are going to have to get it first. There's a, a well-endowed Frenchman <laughs> who's demanding liberty. In which, his fruit boots. In his fruit boots. Yeah, that's I'm all for that. Uh, liberty <laughs> from vaccines is great. So next, um, yeah, attention danger. That's anti-vaccine. And there's a couple other pictures there of, there's probably one or two of... Um, uh, you see others of, of health, health health workers, you know, and obviously they're the ones on the front line. They're the ones who are not in the front line in the sense of dealing with the pandemic, but rather uh, that's, that, there's some there, yeah. Those are hospital workers. Um, they're the ones who are being forced first and foremost to yeah. to, to get it, you know, and you got to feel sorry for them because in the same way we feel about the idea of it being mandatory, I mean, they, they have their, their opinion on it as well and they don't want to be forced to take something that uh, that they don't want to, yeah. Uh, forced to take a medication, and it does. I can see why people revert to the Nuremberg business because it does smack of you know, uh, like kind of almost. They, it brings to mind the idea of you know tying you down and stabbing you with something while you're you know immobilized or something. You know, um, and yeah, I mean everybody should have the choice to to take a medication or not. That's always been the way. It's never happened before in the history of modern society that uh, any individual anywhere was um, forced, at least not in any democracy, forced to take any medication. That's all it is. It's a medication. And it's, I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if it was just some kind of benign pill or something like that for some for some reason. But this is, again, these are on non-FDA approved, non and non, non-approved by other uh, official uh, uh, health bodies or organizations who are tasked with uh, approving drugs for for public use they haven't been gone through that process um and there's a reason there is that uh, kind of approval the reason that, that exi- there's a reason that exists you know what I mean? it's to protect public health um, of course people say well there's obviously a threat to public health from this virus but we would beg to differ as we have done the threat to public health has been vastly exaggerated and the numbers show that conclusively and the numbers do not warrant this kind of a totalitarian push to infringe people's basic civil liberties and diminish their 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 way of life while the UK health minister uh, yeah UK health minister was saying that you have to get the vaccine to ensure our way of life well the path that governments are on right now in western countries uh, in in attempting to mandate um vaccines is actually part of a process of destroying our way of life because one of the primary aspects of the western freedom like democracy etc way of life is 
freedom and civil rights and basic human rights. And those basic human rights are being infringed as the push towards mandatory vaccination uh, occurs. So again, that was an example of him speaking, this double speak, it's basically the opposite of what is true, just like Jens Hagee. So all of that means that people who are willing and able and have, you know, are able to make the choice and have the, the capacity to think for themselves and to figure things out themselves and, and take control and responsibility and direction over their own lives, they absolutely should have the right to uh, derive their information from whatever sources they, they, they believe necessary, you know. I mean, this should just be a roll call. This is the way to solve this problem is a roll call, you know. All the people who want to listen only to the government for their dose of what is and what is not true should be free to do that. And the people who don't, won't. You know, I mean, I think this idea of, in fact, you know, influencing people and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that's even happening. I think people who are influenceable are already have the capacity to think for themselves. The ones who are absolutely kind of diehard authoritarian follower types who are just looking to government to answer all their questions, they're not going to be influenced by any anybody in social media saying anything con- counter to the official narrative. So mm-hmm. what's, what's the problem? What's the worry? What are they worried about? Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a red herring, you know, when they claim that people are dying, like Sleepy Joe said, you know, that they're killing people, right? <laughs> by, by saying stuff that runs counter to what the government says, that kills people. Is nonsense, you know. Um, yeah, it's not a good. Uh, it's not a good look. I don't like this look. Yeah, on 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 Western democracies doesn't look good. What you what you're calling for then is live and let live, aren't you? But yeah, for sure. The, the other- government can put out all the information at once, and people can <coughs> eat it up. Whoever wants to eat it up can eat it up and live their lives that way. Like people have said before, if you want to wear a mask and get vaccinated, go ahead and do it. Get five vaccinations and wear 15 masks and hide in your room. Do whatever you want. You know, restrict yourself, you know, destroy your own way of life and your own kind of freedom and and, and freedom of movement and enjoyment of life as much as you want and and get the government to encourage you in it and provide facilities for you to hide and to to, to closet yourself away from life and anybody else. Because now, as, as, as we've been told all along, the people who are doing that are the people who are getting vaccinated and... Once they're vaccinated, they should they shouldn't have any fear of people who are unvaccinated. Right. And like I said, any allegation or claim that unvaccinated people produce allow for mutations and viruses runs completely counter to official long term, like decades and decades old immunology uh, and the understanding of viruses and that it's vaccines that produce or, or give an opportunity for vaccine escape and antibody. Uh, dependent and enhancement, which is mutations like viruses mutating as a result of getting a vaccine, uh, doesn't generally happen when people, in in the way that, in the way that they're describing, uh, people who uh, contract a virus normally and any mutations that happen normally, are not don't give rise to a a, a raging a further raging pandemic or whatever. It's the vaccines that actually are known to produce those kind of mutations that. Uh, make them it's kind of like antibiotic resistance uh-huh. basically uh, vaccines prov- provoke viruses to mutate in ways that make them more virulent because it's almost like when you challenge something you know so like in, in um, antibiotics you, know, you challenge a bacteria you, you try to kill off a bacteria and it in order to survive it mutates 
but people who get contract bacteria or have, bacteria, you know, con have some bacterial infection or a viral infection, their body, there's a symbiosis in a certain sense there and uh, the, the activation of your own innate immune system in combating that generally doesn't cause viruses or bacteria to mutate in that way. It's antibiotics for bacteria and vaccines for viruses that cause that kind of response from the virus or the bacteria to mutate in ways and become stronger and create superbugs or super viruses. So, I mean, and that's not me pulling that out of the air. That's basically commonly accepted and understood science. I'm just following the science on that one. <clears throat> well, apparently people <clears throat> at the top don't know this or forgot this or don't care. That's the weird thing about That's, it is how they've just thrown decades of science out the window. They're begging for an honest-to-God pandemic. I don't know. Something very strange about it all. And, you know, our logic is impeccable in this regard. And anybody can prove it for themselves, can look it up and verify what we're saying uh, for themselves, prove it to themselves. Uh, we're not making stuff up here. We're just citing sources and known scientific sources. We are literally following the science and everything that we're saying here and following official statements. And uh, in any of our debunking of all of this, it's, you know, it's eminently debunkable and provably true what we're saying. So how do you how do you resolve that then in terms of what the government's saying? I don't know. We could come up with all sorts of theories, all sorts of explanations, but there would be speculation. You yourself have to decide uh, what the motivation is or why we're in this situation where so much of what comes from official sources is uh, contradicted by mainstream science and why even science itself, as the person that it is, you know, uh, why it has decided to toss out a bunch of uh, um, standard practices and standard beliefs uh, of, of many years. I don't know. Um, I don't think we're required to give an explanation of what the motivation is. People always ask me that, you know what I mean, when yeah. I give them a... <clears throat> so if not that, then why? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or, or, or since what you're saying, if I accept what you're mm -hmm. saying, it seems to be true, but why would, quote-unquote, they be doing that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't have... You can make up your own mind. I mean, there's some fairly obvious go-to places for it, but they're not very acceptable to most people, and I don't feel the need or I don't feel that I'm obliged to give this answer as to why this is happening or why they are doing that. But clearly someone is doing things that are not in the interest of truth and science and public health. Why are they doing that? I don't know. They have their own motivations. Figure it out. Are they bad people? If you decide they're bad people, then bad people do bad things for bad reasons. That's my answer. If they're good people, sometimes good people do bad things for Good. Bad, good reasons, whatever. It's it's complicated. But the bottom line is you don't need to know that in order to respond to the evidence that what you're being told is not true and that you should then make up your mind based on that factual data. You know, so, you know, don't blindly follow what officials... You shouldn't blindly follow what anybody says. That idea that you should... Because, I mean, if I say that, don't blindly follow what the government says. People say, how dare you? Of course you have to no you should never blindly follow anything that uh, anybody says <clears throat> so and you should be allowed to say that because it's obviously true how can anybody disagree with that that anybody should and the problem is that most people are blindly following what governments are saying even when governments are telling a lie they're speaking untruth 
And yet people will blindly follow that. Like we've just proven with Jen Psaki, she told a lie in front of the world's press that she said that mRNA vaccines have FDA approval. They do not. They have not been approved in the normal way that all other drugs, the, fa the Food and Drug Agency for Food and Drugs, you know, been there for a long time and has a very specific task of making sure that the food and drugs that are given to the public are safe. And there's a process that they follow to make sure they are safe. mRNA vaccines have not gone through that process, despite what Jen Psaki says. So if you want to take a risk, go ahead. You can weigh it up between the risk of getting COVID and dying or taking an unproven or possibly risky unapproved vaccine and possibly dying or getting very ill. But you should look at the risks of both of them to you. And, and there's lots of studies, in fact, in the case, at least in the case of under 25s, the risk of an under 25-year-old having an adverse and sometimes a serious adverse like myocarditis and blood clots from uh, vaccines, from mRNA vaccines, is massively higher than them getting any kind of a significant effect from contracting SARS-CoV-2. And that's proven. I mean, it's the studies and it's very clear and, it, and it obviously it, it, map, it, it, it maps to reality as well in the sense that there have been very few people, people under 25 years old who have died or become significantly ill as a result of the, the virus over the past 18 months. So yeah, it, it fits absolutely that under 25s are taking a significant risk in getting an unapproved vaccine compared to just well, living their normal life and accepting that they're not in any danger from this virus. The, the risks in that on, for under 25s are very clear. If you, if you want to avoid risk, <clears throat> don't take the vaccine if you're under 25. Look at then other age groups and look at the risks <clears throat> that have been calculated for different age groups, and particularly in cases of, of your health status, your age and your health status. Look at the risks to you from SARS-CoV-2 and look at the risks to you from one of the mRNA vaccines and make your own decision. Whose health are we talking about? Do you think Jen Psaki or Sleepy Joe Biden cares about your health? If you come down with some, something uh, from, from a virus or from anything or from, a, or from a vaccine, do you think they actually care? Do you think they're going to come and visit you in hospital? Or no. any government person is going to come and visit you in hospital? They don't, do not care about you, therefore you have to care about your own health. So do your own research and study and rely on, on the data that's available and make a calculated uh, guess as to what you should do. But you should be allowed to do that. But what the governments, governments are doing right now is refusing you the right to actually make that decision. They're going to say, no, you've only got one decision. Yeah. What we say you should do. They're, they're going way overboard. This is partly what I was thinking of at the start of the show in terms of crossing the Rubicon. The Rubicon I had in mind was free will. They're really pushing their very outer limits now where the choice is so weighted against one thing and for the other that uh, we're in uncharted territories here. Yeah. Because um, after that, it's not just so much that the, there's a risk of rejection, rebellion, revolution. You know, we've talked about that enough over the years. <clears throat> there's been a few, you know, signs of it here and there, but it seems to always fall back in. People, get on, they either get on with their lives or they just submit and go, okay, yeah, okay, you made my choice for me, I accept. Yeah. And they're the half that will listen like you just explained. And they're fully entitled to do that. Yeah. Yeah, But it doesn't mean that people who don't follow that path in life should have to do that as well. It's ridiculous. 
and it, and there's a recognition there has to be a recognition here of the of that that there are differences between human beings in that way there are some people who are more much more dependent on government in terms of giving them directions and how to live their lives in conditions like this and other people who in the same, same conditions don't need government direction can look at the, all of the available data and make their own decisions so everybody if the, even if the government won't do that make that distinction and realize that there are very there, you could almost split it down the middle not down the middle but you could split it between those two types of people broadly even if the government won't do that the people in the population should do that you know what i mean and not and realize that when you're talking to your neighbor that neighbor might be someone who is absolutely dependent on government dictates to how to live their life and so there's no point there's no there's no, there's no meeting, meeting of minds possible there. So don't try and force the issue. Just realize mm -hmm. that they have a different perspective. Yeah. They want to do their thing and don't condemn them for it, but let them do it. Yeah. At this point, I let, I'm letting people do it. I'm not going to try and convince anybody who doesn't want to be convinced that they should do anything different than what they're doing. But I'm certainly going to stand up for the right of people who have the ability to, you know, kind of take care of their own health and make their own decisions in life and how they should live their lives. I'm going to stand up for those people's right to do that because it is a fundamental right and it's, and it's based in their own ability to do it. And it's very clear they have the ability to do it. All those people in, in France protesting yesterday and there'll be more protests, they'll clearly have a, 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 an ability and a will and, and the free will and should have the free will to decide for themselves what they want, want themselves to be subjected to by, by the medical establishment or by government. So, that's there you have it. all I have to say about the war in <laughs> 2021. Very well said. Um, what are... are the, one other news item we, we might touch on, I mean... Who? English Schwab? <laughs> oh, no. Santa Claus. That's not going near him. Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't want to hear... He's too creepy. Like He's super creepy. It's I'll, just, I'll be scared to go near him with a fish. <laughs> in case like, the fish got infected yeah by, by, well or he'd probably eat it like Gollum raw anyway uh, and be happy yeah he's a loopy dude like he's a strange character but it's weird, he doesn't get he doesn't get any promotion really much promotion from the media he just pops up because people are pulling videos yeah. that he's making and stuff it's not like he's being referred to by government as some kind of a no but he's putting this whole great reset thing and blah 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 he's like he's a weird like james bond body type guy you know i just even know it himself like there's a lot of photos like. of him making handshakes with vips I, behind the scenes back, over the he's obviously a mover and shaker in the background but yeah. they don't want to talk about him and no. because he's very outspoken about the great reset and we're all you're, you're not going to have anything and you're going to love it and, and his accent as well. Yeah, he's doesn't super, lend himself to selling no, this thing no. well. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He's no Google's the, reincarnator. The one other thing was the phenomenal Mad flooding water. event uh, in Europe yeah. this week. Well, that's something you should be worried about. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, have we got videos? We do. We've got some videos. The late the, one stick up in video there. <clears throat> okay. Let's see. Towards the end there, I think the first one is the first YouTube video. Um, oh, I just missed him. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Ah, no, no. Oh. Take him away. Uh, Get you, him away. You sure you don't want to see Make him? Make the bad no, man no. go away. Okay. Make the scary man go away. Yeah, let's, have, let's get to some of this one. 
At least 150 people have been killed and more than a thousand remain missing in devastating floods in Western Europe. A national disaster has been declared in parts of the Netherlands as fears grow that more rainfall may be on the way. Extraordinary images are still emerging of the floods which at their height devastated parts of Central Europe. Here in Kreuzberg in Germany, one family's home literally floating away down a river. Mm. Clean-up operations continue across nice. Germany, hit by the worst floods in 60 years. It's left entire communities in ruins. In the town of Erfstadt, dam walls have given way, leading to worse flooding further downstream. That's not true, actually. I'll explain later. There's no dam there. In Koblenz, people watch in fear of things getting worse in their city. The rising waters where the Rhine and Moselle rivers meet offer no reassurance. There is little confidence the struggle for residents is yet over. The village of Barlov has literally been ripped apart by floodwaters, roads, homes and properties destroyed. There's so many people dead. But it's the loss of life here that's broken many. You don't expect people to die in a flood in Germany. Uh, you expect it maybe in poor countries, but you don't expect it here. But it was all too fast, too quick. Okay, let's uh, stop that one there. About... <clears throat> yes, you don't expect it in Germany because so far in general, extreme weather events have not impacted Western countries like they have in Asia and Africa and elsewhere. Um, but there is a threshold apparently that was breached in Germany because this was washing away like brick, solid brick houses yeah, off the of foundation. Water, yeah. It took the ground off from under the foundation. It means a, a massive downpour of Yeah, go ahead. Let, there's one more video I want to have a little look at. This is one of the towns mentioned here, Erfstadt, where she, the kind of, the, he suggested that a dam had broken, hence the large volume of water. That wasn't the case there. Um, Play. I think it has some footage of this place. This is the place that looks like a giant sinkhole. Um, just took away a field and a portion of the town. You can end this here, Scotty. This is in the video, I remember. Yeah. It was supposed to be one of Erstad. Anyway, so this town was like... From above, it collapsed. So when you're on the ground and looking at it, it's like it looks like like the Utah desert or mm. Arizona. You know where the, they have like a high plateau, mm -hmm. and then it looks like the ground has collapsed underneath. Yeah. There's portions of this this area that look like that. Mm. They were saying initially sinkhole. Then they claimed well, there was a quarry at that town, mm. an old gravel pit mm. that had given way. Maybe there was 50 years ago, but long since after that, 
they had roads, buildings, and plowed fields on top. Yeah. And the field just seemed to collapse in and get rushed away. There's no major river going through that town. There was a small no, stream. But, but all of it precludes. I mean, you can say that this happens in places where that are at the bottom of towns or at the bottom of a, of a kind of valley or at the bottom of a mountain or a hill or whatever, and that, you know, in, in different places. But it also happens in a lot. I mean, in those cases as well, there's usually a small river or some kind of a river running through the town, you know. So in a lot of cases, it's, it's, a, it's location that's um, susceptible or in a, in a bad location if you ever have a serious amount of, of rain. But that's the point. The point is that there's a massive amount of rain, an unusually large amount of rain falling in a very <coughs> short period of time that's causing this. That has to be the reason. Now, yeah. Why that's actually happening, you can say, yeah, if that's going to happen, don't be in particular areas which increase the risk of, of catastrophic flooding. flooding. You know, if you're, you're better off in an open plain or whatever where there's no mountains around whatever. Well, that know, was quite an open plain. Yeah, there's place. different places. Some of them are, are fit, fit a profile of yeah. the wrong place, but others don't, you know. But even in small rivers, there are places there where there's a small river. And the problem is that river is a channel further up for like a catchment for water coming down from different places and it runs into that and it's 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 unfortunately it's not it's a nice place to live when there's a river run through your town but it's if if climate uh, climate changes occur in the form of uh, massive downpours over a long period of time or you know several days uh there it's a liability you know but uh, the bottom line is that science and scientists have weighed in on this and they seem to be a bit baffled uh, by why as to why this is yeah, happening, even in the in the in the context of being able to cl- uh, blame it on climate change, right? Well, the commentariat, of course, rushes straight to well, don't fear not, plebs. We have an explanation, of course, which yeah. been running now for three decades, which is that we predicted this all along. Right. This was going to happen, but I have one from the Guardian. I think it's our last link. Um, <clears throat> climate scientists shocked by the scale of the floods in Germany. So let's read a little bit of it. Um, I believe them. I, I don't think this is hyperbole. I think they they say they did not expect records to be broken this much. So to give you an idea, I think um, in several of the towns in the German province of North North Rhine-Westphalia, the all-time daily high, high, it wasn't three days really, it was one day where the bulk of it just came out of the sky. Um, the all-time daily high was broken by something in the order of 60%. It means that there is nothing in the modern records that come close to it was dwarfed right. by this rainfall. People, There's no one alive who's seen this except those people who locally experienced that. Right. It's like a, some of them said it was a tsunami of water. The f- rivers were rushing in so fast suddenly, they didn't yeah. have time to run, yeah. much less get in the car and drive away. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to that article. There's some more I want to read from that. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, so the precipitation records were smashed across a wide area of the Rhine Basin. Um, it gives you some figures there. Yeah. It was... In in one one way of counting that it was two months worth of rain, which months of the year? Probably not July months. Two months worth in one single twenty four hour period. Further down, there's some commentary where they try to climate scientists have long predicted blah 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 human emissions, but the latest spikes have surpassed 
their own expectations. And then they quote one of them down here, a German guy. I'm surprised by how, how far it is above the previous record. We seem to be not just above normal, but in domains we didn't expect in terms of spatial extent and the speed it developed. So, in other words, this is what I've, I've thought. See what says, the bottom scientists will need more time to assess the extent to which human emissions made this storm more likely. <laughs> They've yeah, got to go, they go back and go back and go back to the models sounds, and yeah. tweak them. Yeah. What it, I've seen this comment elsewhere after other extreme events. They, the the more glib among them will gladly eat up any headlines about extreme weather events and claim it as well. Our prediction said so. Yeah. But the actually the serious ones among them who oh. really are like believe that you know the climate is changing. And we humans are responsible, and there's something we can do if we just act radically now. Mm -hmm. Those ones who are serious about what they're claiming are r routinely astonished by the scale and severity. They they actually don't have the frame of reference for some of these events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's just outside even even yeah. even the most Greta like right. Which, uh, prognostications of doom. Right, which backs up the idea, the, the counter-narrative to the global warming, man-made global warming one, that uh, that it's, it's, a, it's a process that's much more complicated and has to do with cycles uh, of, the, of the planet and the sun, involving the sun and all sorts of different things that are very, very complex, obviously. The jet stream. The jet stream and different factors on the planet that, haven't, that, have, that aren't, can't be resolved down to human emissions, Clearly. basically. Uh, and that's our general take on it as well. This is something that's happening as part of the human kind of experiential cycle in a certain sense, or the, or the planetary experiential cycle. Uh, and it happens happens cyclically. And um, and there's not much we can do about it except pay attention to it and stay out of harm's way. And um, and of course, those kind of events are being noted and have been noted for a long time by governments. And they're making all sorts of predictions and, you know, they do lots of modeling and, and stuff in terms of the effect on human populations if that kind of thing becomes more widespread specifically or more, more particularly in terms of uh, food production and, you know, the general uh, stability of societies. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, governments are concerned in order how, to, uh, how, how they would uh, maintain control exactly. in that kind of an environment. They have lots which... they can say about these things after they happen. Right. But on Sunday night, I think before it was Monday when it hit, they had zero idea of what was coming. This thing just came out of nowhere. It right. almost seemed to come from the north in Europe. It was unusual. It wasn't a westerly Atlantic winter depression, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which they can see coming off. And, you know, you'll get a headline, storm incoming, mm -hmm. Atlantic storm, likely high winds, mm -hmm. possible flooding. Mm -hmm. They can at least tell you that. Mm -hmm. This was out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> Nobody yeah. saw this coming. So you can see how that kind of dovetails government's concerns about these kind of events and what, like I was saying, what they would have, what, the effect they would have on, on, on society and human populations exactly. and stuff. And how it dovetails with the kind of controls that are and being... And keeping in, people calm. Well, the controls that are, they're imposing in terms of under the, under the, under the, the, the COVID, uh, the pandemic yeah. um, explanation, you know, that they're doing this in order to protect people. But those controls and restrictions on people's movements and, and encouraging a dependence on, on governments would be very much transferable to a situation where you have another uh, crisis uh, as a result of severe weather events, <clears throat> like I was saying, that could 
you know, impact food production and all that kind of stuff in and, and, and many different ways and even economic problems and all that kind of stuff. So my point is that the restrictions that they're imposing on people are transferable to, I wonder to, to if, future possible yeah, absolutely. issues. Those people who experience that will now, and probably for the rest of their lives, have learned the hard way that they're on their own. They're on their own. <clears throat> They've just, they're right now just coming to terms with a very harsh psychological, mm-hmm. much less whatever about their physical and the yeah. uh, lessons they have to, to, to rebuild. But um, at the same time, there's an incredible global push in the opposite direction psychologically. Mm-hmm. Who do you look to? Always look, always look in at us, government. Mm-hmm. Keep looking in, keep mm-hmm. looking in. We've got it under control. When nature smacks, that's when they it's... are AWOL. Right. Phone networks are down. Mm-hmm. Where's the fire brigade? Mm-hmm. Well, the fire station was washed away. Yeah. Who's still alive? Check your neighbors. But that, that do you know your neighbors? Yeah, for sure. But that applies also to that, that gets back to the idea of taking responsibility for your own well being in general yourself, which crosses the domains of, of health, medicine. And also, you know, where you live and your own preparedness for, for these kind of events. You know what I mean? You need to be keeping an eye on it and taking responsibility for yourself. Because like you just said, the government doesn't really care about you. They're not going to come and visit you in the hospital. And they're not really going to stop. They're not going to stop any bad things happening to you. It's up to you to take responsibility for that. And you can do a lot in that regard by paying attention and first and foremost, assuming responsibility. Making the shift in your mind of assuming responsibility for yourself, taking it away, taking the dependence away from government. And here I'm talking to people who are even able to do this, to take the dependence away from government because they're not reliable in that respect for, for these kind of things and to, to put it back on yourself, you know. And it's, it's a process of growing up and becoming a, a mature, mature human being, you know, and, and moving out of the kind of infantile relationship with, with authority. Anyway, on that pearl of wisdom, <laughs> we will uh, we'll call it quits. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. And anybody who hasn't done so, please subscribe, like. Thanks to our chatters and our commenters. Um, we didn't have any special questions this week, did we? Just comments so, and people none chit-chatting. That I saw anyway. Huh? None that I saw anyway. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, so... Thanks, you guys. So don't forget to subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, And we'll be back next time with more... Pearls of wisdom, I hope. I hope so. And more, uh, well... Fish slaps. More fish slaps and more digging into the pile of bullshit that we have to deal with these days. So stay tuned. See you later. See ya. Can't stop the signal now.